1: Odyssey Sports presents Big
0: Time Baseball. Back at you again with another episode of Big Time Baseball Spring Training Edition. I'm Tony Gwynn Jr. alongside my partner, John Amon. And John, things have uh, gotten rolling here. Teams are playing games. We've got these new rules intact. And it seems like all is going well so far. Very good. We're enjoying
1: it. I was just out in Arizona for a week, back on the east coast of Florida, and uh, it's good to get out and see as many teams as I can. It's been it's been a fun start.
0: Yeah, Arizona's definitely the place to uh, squeeze in as many teams as possible with the close proximity of all of them. We'll get to your trip in Arizona a little bit later on in the show, but let's start with, let's play some catch-up, because uh, there has been some big news since the last time we talked Manny Machado re-ups for 11 years here in San Diego uh pretty big deal it doesn't seem like just looking at the numbers how it broke down that he got the significant raise that everybody might have been expecting but nonetheless the Padres will keep him in a uniform likely until he retires
1: oh absolutely Uh very long deal I think that was a fine deal for him I mean uh Those opt outs have been great for the players. Started with Alex Rodriguez with his record $252 million deal. And I mean, this winter alone, Correa Correa took advantage of the opt out. Obviously, we know that he ended up signing three different deals, but uh, certainly took advantage of the opt out. Rodon Rodon took advantage of the opt out. Uh, You know, a lot of guys did. And Machado, uh, you know, ends up staying in San Diego. I think the the Padres were confident on this all along. I'd been at the owner's meeting a few weeks ago, and some of the owners were talking about it, and they felt that the San Diego was going to get it done. We saw Manny set a deadline of the February 16th and then say he was opting out. I, I think the Padres felt, even after he said that, they still felt confident. I think they delayed for one day after he said that he was opting out, got back to work, and uh, absolutely got it done.
0: Yeah. I mean, he he virtually said in the press conference that he really had no intentions of going anywhere else. He wanted to be a Padre. Certainly 11 years, 350 will, uh, will make you settle down pretty nicely uh, in in a city. And uh, you know, there's still apparently according to you, John, there's still uh, some room to possibly get some other things done here. Well, we'll see. I wouldn't put anything past the
1: Padres at this point. I mean, you know, they could, They're liable to do anything. I'm not sure where they're getting the money, but I just give them credit. They're doing a great job. Uh, Peter Seidler, the owner now, uh, amazing. I mean, we've come from a point where they couldn't afford Chase Headley, had to ship him off to the Yankees, and now they've got five superstars on that team and counting Darvish and then Tatis, when he comes back, we believe April 20th. And, uh, you know, I think uh, Machado, not a surprise. Uh, They are going to try to lock up Hader and Soto. Hater is a free agent after the year. Soto in two years, uh, you know. Just guessing here, I would say they probably have a better chance on Hater, but uh, I'm not putting anything past them. I talked to both guys, and both guys are obviously loving it there. They love their opportunity to win. It's incredible clubhouse, amazing talent, and uh, you know that maybe that gives them a little bit better chance to lock guys up and uh, like i said i think with hater you know maybe they can get it done uh soto you know again not putting anything past the padres um but you know he is one of the best two or three players in the game probably the best hitter in the game uh you know and he, he talked about how important free agency is and uh you know he's got two years to go if they can get that one done i'll believe anything so we'll see
0: yeah, that this might be the 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 tall the the tallest climb that the Padres have to make in terms of retaining a player or going out and getting one. Um, but I did find it interesting. My antennas went up hearing Soto, I think it was yesterday, say that he's open to having extension talks. That's not something you that's not the kind of talk you normally hear from a Scott Boris client, but uh you you got you've got Scott speaking very positively of the organization. You got Soto saying he's interested. You're right. We can't put anything past the Padres at this point. Cause I think they've, they've really changed the way we look at the organization now when it comes to acquiring or or signing players.
1: Amazing. Yes. Uh, Soto told me that uh, they are open and uh, they're waiting. And I'm sure it's not going to be a long wait, you know, season starts now in less than a month. So, um you know they're going to reach out and yeah you know, Scott was very positive about the Padres I'm sure he loves what they're doing overall uh, I think he said they've moved a mountain and it's called Mount <laughs> Crushmore uh, yeah, yeah. Mount I'll tell know,
0: I tell you what don't
1: he, I don't know he has time to come up with this stuff but uh he did I, you know, that said those are nice words it is still Scott Boris it still is one Soto You know, we'll see. I mean, it's going to be a huge number. We we know he already turned down $440 million. So that's that's the starting point at this point. You can't offer less than that. Although, you know, he obviously, uh, there's a little transition getting there, but uh, he looks good now. So uh, I think they love him. They gave up five players, young players for him, and they'll make every effort. But, you know, sometimes uh, trying isn't quite enough. We'll see.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's also important to remember free agency is two years away for Juan, So this, Correct. this is his platform year. And, and for those who may not be familiar with the term, this is really like the most important year before you get into free agency. So, um, we'll, we'll I, I'm sure the chips will fall where they are. And I think Juan Soto and, and Scotty B will, will, will kind of let that happen. We'll see how that kind of situation changes. Obviously this year, a little bit different, um, uh, Spring training has been a little bit different for the last three years, right? You, you had the COVID year, you had the first year, <laughs> no no problem. You had the first year out of the COVID year, and then last year, because of the lockout, spring training was a, a little bit shorter. This year, you got the WBC, which starts next week. Guys are are, are tuning up for it, which uh, seems like it's, it's going to be a, a pretty exciting little tournament we got before the season starts.
1: I mean, amazing. Uh, you know, Otani is going to pitch and hit for Japan. Uh, the Team USA has an incredible lineup, superstars up and down. Mike Trout is the captain. You've got first base. I don't know if it's the platoon, both right-handed, but you've got Goldschmidt and you've got <clears throat> Alonzo at first base. So, I mean, uh, the team is great for USA, but, uh, you know, we'll see on the pitching, uh, you know, the top 10 or 12 pitchers for Team USA did not join. It is very difficult. I know a lot of them wanted to, but, uh, you know, teams are a little bit reluctant to let their pitchers off their routine and, uh, you know, ramp it up to throw their hardest at this point makes it difficult. So it's going to be, it's going to be a challenge for Team USA. You know, obviously you've got uh, all sorts of other countries with some great pitchers. Arias is going to pitch for Mexico. So you know, Dominican's got a good team. Venezuela, obviously, Japan is outstanding. Uh It's it's not going to be easy for Team USA. So uh, it should be a very, very interesting tournament.
0: Yeah, it's hard to really get a read on on how much success this tournament is having because of the kind of delays we've had. It seemed to be kind of rolling in the right direction, but it's, it's been quite some time since we've had the last WBC. I think a lot of people are looking forward to it. It'll be spread out across really the country. You got uh, spots in Arizona, I believe Miami, Taiwan is another spot. And so uh, I I did see a pretty scary picture yesterday. I saw Shohei Otani, what appeared to be trying to get some tips on the cutter from you Darvish yesterday. I know that probably had a bunch of hitters heads explode when they saw that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's all we, that's all everybody needs for him to have the cutter too. (laughs) Pretty darn good last year. Uh, with what he's got with the splitter and the fastball. But, uh, I mean, best player in the world. uh, That's obviously the most interesting free agent because he is a free agent after the year uh, and the best player in the world and the most unique player. Uh, Soto, as you mentioned, two years to go. So uh, those are two biggest guys to keep an eye on. But the World Baseball Classic should should be great. They really did a great job recruiting and I get why the pitchers aren't all there for the team USA, but we still have a great, great offensive team. And uh, let's give credit to the pitchers who did go and uh, you know, hopefully they'll uh, they'll perform.
0: Yeah. Nick Martinez, one of those guys getting an opportunity plays for the Padres pitched well in his two outings before he left. Uh, so we'll, we'll kind of get a chance to see how that goes starting next week on the 11th. Uh, let's move to with spring training going on every year, John, there's, a few guys that get off to a hot start, uh, but there's one in particular out in the, for the Mets that's having a pretty good spring to, to start to, to start spring training.
1: Yeah, Ronnie Mauricio we, it was kind of the forgotten guy among their prospects. Everybody's looking at Alvarez and Beatty, and Beatty's really performed well too. But Ronnie Mauricio, a 450-foot home run on Port St. Lucie, he's now got three home runs. So uh, he has been huge so far for the Mets. As I said, Beatty's been great. They still have Eduardo Escobar. I mean, imagine if they had gotten Correa, too, to play third base. They'd have four really good third basemen. So uh, Mets uh, look great at third. Obviously, they've got Lindor, Alonzo. Their team looks good. It should look good if you're spending $364 million. So uh, you're seeing another uh, well-heeled, expensive team out there in San Diego. What are, you, what are you seeing out there, Tony?
0: Well, I mean, we already talked about them a little bit, but Juan Soto is hitting – over 800 right now in spring training. <laughs> Good bad. average. <And> <laughs> he's, he's doing quite well. Uh, he's His swing looks to be back to a place where it was two years ago, where he could cover the entire plate, hit the ball to the off fields. Last year, I think, I, I'm not sure exactly what was going on, but I did know that there were a lot more poolside baseballs that I was used to seeing from Juan Soto. And to start this spring training, uh, he's really shot the ball all the way around. And I, I think – If there's one guy that's going to benefit, maybe outside of Joey Gallo, although this may change after watching what I saw yesterday in terms of of, of shifts, uh, I think Juan Soto might be the guy that benefits the most. I mean, he is truly an all-around type of hitter, and that means driving the baseball on the line, but those hard ground balls up the middle now aren't being shifted on or can't be shifted on in the way that they've been in the past they're going they're getting through and that just means more hits for a guy who can control the zone like Juan Soto I think there's it's it's pretty obvious with his 800 start that this rule is going to benefit not only him but a lot of left-handed hitters
1: yeah I was out there and saw them play twice I I did not see him making out I think I was probably getting a a, getting some refreshments or something when he did make one out (laughs) but he doesn't make not making many I mean like I said I think he's probably the best hitter in the game and you know, he's certainly, uh, certainly is someone to watch. I, I think Corey Seeger supposedly uh, 47 hits by the shift last year. So yeah, uh, that's a guy, Max Muncie with the Dodgers who really suffered last year and will be back. Uh, Freddie Freeman pointed it out to me. Now, Freeman is one of those guys who hits it all over the place and right, he's wondering exactly how it will affect him, whether it be positive or negative, but I, you know, I don't think it's going to be negative for any of these hitters who are great like that, like like a, a McNeil, uh, Jeff McNeil who sprays it all around. We saw him hit several balls right down the third baseline last year and uh, win the batting title. Um, but I, I do think there'll be more offense. But right now, all the talk is about the pitch clock. It's yeah, not about yeah. the batting of the shift. And, uh, you know, I've been at uh, many games where many violations have occurred at this point. They are adjusting. It is interesting. Uh, Xander Bogarts, uh, the game I was at, he was rushing uh, to catch a plane uh, to join his team Netherlands, and he still had a, a time violation. So, you know, nobody's rushing when they're in the box. And uh, he kind of laughed about it. I, I think anybody who was with the Red Sox is on a different pace than every other team. <laughs> so I, 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 I saw the White Sox are the favorites to have the most violations. I don't get that. It's got to be the Red Sox. And he basically agreed with me and they've added Kenley Jansen uh, on the Red Sox. So that's a team to watch for with. If there's any betting line on violations, I'm, I'm going with the Red Sox, but uh, we, Manny Machado, I think was the first guy to have a he violation, is. right? And I, I, I was in a different clubhouse that day and uh, what it was Oh one. And he said, he's going to have a lot of, He's going to have a lot of 0-1 counts this year. And I I remember talking to a player and he said it really doesn't matter to Manny Machado. The 0-1 is going to be fine for him.
0: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown and through adaptable problem solving we do just that learn more at marines.com this episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology they have tons of innovative products like venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation and HyperVolt massage guns to improve mobility Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Yeah, that that result that at bat resulted in a line drive base hit to left field. So right. it clearly wasn't that big of an issue for him. But you're right. That is the talk of spring training this far. No matter who you talk to or what you're talking about, the pitch clock comes up first. And, you know, the thing that, that I've noticed um, – and i think this will be the adjustment for the pitchers throughout the season is w- managing that clock with runners on it's easy to get the ball and go with nobody on but once you start getting runners on especially if you got a few of them on and you're you're maybe struggling to throw strikes that's usually the time where pitchers yeah. kind of take their walk around the mound and kind of reset themselves you just don't have that time and and when you start getting into some of these these more uh the the, the the guys who are more mindful about the clock, a la Scherzer, who is going oh to God. play, he's going <laughs> to play mind games with this clock. I can see uh, a, a few issues popping up because you got pitchers who are extremely smart like that. And now with the pitch com, some of these pitchers are calling their own pitches, so they don't need to wait on the catcher. They can call the pitch themselves. I thought Max Scherzer kind of utilized the clock in a way that could be a benefit for all pitchers if they can pull it off. (laughs) Yeah,
1: he found a way to kind of quick pitch a couple times and there were a couple batters not really ready. Uh, against, I think it was against his old team, but uh, against the nationals. Yeah. 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 And uh, yeah, he was not, he's not really been in favor of this and he's part of the rules committee. I guess he didn't have the deciding vote, but uh, <laughs> he wasn't in favor. He thinks about everything. I don't know where he finds room in that brain for everything that he thinks everything. about opinions about, uh, but it was interesting to see. I think the next time out, they did get him for seven runs in an inning. So they got him back, but you know, he's going to use it to his advantage. Um, and uh, he's going to be smart about it and he's going to make it uh, a benefit to him somehow. We know he will once the season starts, but uh, you know, we're all in favor of it. I don't know about you, but we have deadlines, uh, you know, <laughs> I got deadlines. So I'm thrilled <laughs> that we have the, uh, the pitch clock and the game. I don't know if I was a jinx or what, the first two games I went to were three over three hours. I think the Giants, you
0: must've watched the diamondbacks play. Well,
1: I saw the Giants, they had a few violations and then they made five errors. And I think that, delayed it and the other one was a Cubs game but uh, I saw two three-hour games but uh, the average has been about two and a half right so it's it's and with a lot of offense obviously particularly in Arizona so looks like it's going to shave off a half an hour which is what they anticipated interestingly the shift ban has not made a huge difference in batting averages in the minor leagues we'll see if that happens in the majors I, I think it probably will make a little bit bigger difference but The big thing right now is the clock, and that's what everyone's talking about. I I did not anticipate that. You as a player, you probably understand more about
0: the clock than I do. I'm only hoping that the game ends in time for my deadline. (laughs) I'll tell you this. I think, uh, first, back to Max Scherzer. There's no doubt he's been scheming about (laughs) how to manipulate these rules from the time he figured out they were coming. The other thing is, and I'm not sure – what the actual reason is offenses is up across the board in, in in spring training versus last year around this time. And you can credit it to the shift. You can credit it to the clock. I personally have noticed the ball is in play more. It is, it is in play. There is something going on that dead time that we had been experiencing for God knows the last seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years um, is, is shrinking. There is something happening and I think it has a lot to do with pitchers not being able to regenerate by taking all the time to kind of rebuild their stamina and max effort. You you got to get the ball. You got to glow. You got to throw. I think uh, the pitcher's stamina is going to be tested to, to have to keep going and not be able to take their time in between. And I think ultimately the effect of the rule has been exactly what Major League Baseball wanted. Quicker games, it's been shaved down at least so far to about 25, 30 minutes but there's been more action. That the three common outs, right? We we're talking walks, home runs, strikeouts. You're just not seeing it all kind of line up the way it was where you'd have 7 minutes of nothing happening. That's not good for the spectator. I think they're the ones who's going to benefit from it the most. Right, that's
1: what we were, they were intending to do is is help out the spectator and have more action and I think that's been the real problem and the reason the games have gone to over three hours and they haven't been able yeah. to get them down is so many strikeouts and walks. You know, uh, you know, there was a day uh, you know, many years ago when uh the best pitchers would strike out one per inning. Now that's an average, you know, okay. I and mean, just so many strikeouts and more walks. And that, you know, part of that is the analytics and people realizing the value of the walks and the on-base percentage. Uh but, you know, part of that is the pitchers having just more ability to throw it hard. And, uh, you know, the game changed and they needed to make an adjustment and uh, they did make an adjustment and uh, we'll see how it all plays out. Maybe they'll make, need to make another adjustment next year, but it is refreshing to see more balls in play. And we want to see fewer, fewer strikeouts and fewer walks, or at least I do.
0: Yeah, you know, it's interesting in in that one sequence like yet, or yesterday where Scherzer ends up quick pitching a guy. What I think people miss in that is that. Max is sacrificing maybe pinpoint control for kind of hurrying the hitter up. That ball ends up being right down the middle, but because the hitter is not ready, (laughs) Max doesn't have to pinpoint command that baseball. He knows he's got the clock on his side. The hitter's not ready. I can throw this ball pretty much wherever I want and have some success. And that's exactly what happens. And I bring that point up because that's exactly what baseball wants, right? They want, the ball to be somewhere where a hitter can hit it and have a chance to put it in play. And it's, I think the rule is going to be great. We're going to get a chance to see it over the course of this season. I'm sure there will be some blowups, especially if you got pitchers being able to manipulate the clock, the way Max has done it so far in spring. There's going to be some explosions. There's no doubt about
1: it. Yeah, probably so. I, uh, max Scherzer will be must-watch TV, no question. <laughs> about it. I like the way I used the word max effort, too. That was a good pun. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, nice. yeah, no doubt. Good job. Uh, well, that's going to end it for today's episode of Big Time Baseball. Spring training coming quickly, fast, before you know it. We'll be uh, at the end getting ready to start the regular season. But next week we'll probably have some conversation about the WBC some advancement of, of, of where these guys are in terms of spring as they get ready for the season. And uh, we'll, we'll check you then. Make sure you, you subscribe, like this podcast, wherever you get your podcasts up. And for uh, for John Heyman, for myself, until next week, catch you later.